Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. And for the first time in fandom power history, the greeting, hello there, seems more appropriate than ever before. (laughs) Always on the move. Oh, wow. Um, We're back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the, technically it's our. This is the first episode. The other one was a trailer break. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the first full episode of The High Ground. I am your host, Wes. I am joined once again with Andy and Hank. Welcome back from the ether, sir. We have missed you. I've been working too hard. Yes, sir. You do. Please, as much to be back. Star Wars brings people together. Ah, yes, sir. (laughs) Hey, did you hear this little thing? uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi came out this week? Yeah, something like that. No. (laughs) I thought we were here to talk about the Ahsoka... uh, teaser trailer that nobody's seen yet <laughs> okay i still haven't seen it uh great great starter hank i'm just gonna start with i'm gonna i'm gonna follow up on that one because um we had a lot of side chat in our previous uh, star wars review series kind of about the fandom i mean that is what we're about here on this show we are about the fandom we're about the things that we love but but part and parcel to that are the fans yeah man and the vitriol surrounding the previous uh, Star Wars live action television shows. Uh, I have stayed well and clear of just about everything. I only actually started poking my head into stuff as I was putting my notes together where I needed to fill in some holes. Do we think that the level of fandom menace that is associated with Star Wars is uh, attached to the show as well? I would hope not, but I think it might be. It's, I think it might be right. It's less. Um... It's certainly less prevalent out the gate. I, I kind of I had to yeah. dig for it a bit, and again, they're they're swinging at air balls. There's other that just I don't even understand their 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 beef. Like you know, uh, I don't either. No, well, I stumbled across something I'll bring up in a little bit, but uh, it, it was a preemptive thing on on behalf of Lucasfilm. I want to. Um, oh, I'm definitely looking forward to hear that. I want to ask a question because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine on the West Coast 
who had said, you know, just kind of messaged me out of the blue. And it was like, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh my God. And then the follow-up comment was better than the book of Boba Fett. And I had, I had some strong reactions to that. I didn't say anything. I just kind of let it sit and I let it percolate for a minute. And I actually thought about it for a second. Now, and I want to say this. This is now the uh, the third live action Star Wars television series under the Disney banner. That's right. And uh, I have to ask this question. And I'm asking this of, the, of, uh, of our audience as well. Do you guys weigh all Star Wars live action television shows equally? Do you use the same scales when you put a show like Obi-Wan Kenobi up against the two shows that exist concurrently within the Mandoverse? I would like to think I do, but I know like, you know, everybody's got their favorite character and that can always weigh in. Well, I mean, I, Obi. I, <laughs> I, uh, there's a, the <laughs> there's a level of that's fair quality and content. I did not expect from the Mandalorian. Yeah. And season two didn't even, begin to slow down no um, and i loved every second of boba fett I, I i'm the guy that'll buy everything that is stamped with the star wars thing on it though <laughs> like so maybe i'm a good metric but rather than find fault with things and there was there's there's definitely fault with everything you could if you dig deep there's lots find, right sure there is. yeah there's lots but you know, I chose to I chose to focus on the things that I really enjoyed about it. And did, did I enjoy the stuff that brought Mando back in a little more? Sure. I, yeah. I really yeah, enjoyed yeah. Boba's time with the Tuscan Raiders a lot. I really enjoyed that a lot. And I don't think that it's it's fair to judge the next project by the last project, or you're never going to get new ways of telling stories. You're never going to actually push boundaries um, if you are just trying to one-up yourself. Right, uh, right. You need to be able to take risks. And it, and the fandom has it... Like, we're... The, we, if, if we're part of the fandom, and we are, we, we've set against them in terms of that. Like, they they're afraid to take risks because of us members of our community. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, d I don't think we actually want that. I think we want like George Lucas took risks and I think we want our creators to take risks. Um, so having said, which I, I was stunned by the, by Obi-Wan. Um, but I don't think it's fair to, to compare things to the last thing that came out. I think, I think that it's, everything should stand on its own. And is it, is it, the I do. Same, I agree with that. Is it the same quality uh, in terms of uh, visually is the CG, you know, are we, are we building a universe as a tracking? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, are, you know, and I, I can't say enough about uh, uh, all the live action TV has been fantastic. And I, if, if we're going to judge everything by the last thing, it, we're not, we're not going to make progress. We're not going to move forward. I thought, you know, on that note that with Obi-Wan not existing concurrently with, as I said, the Mandoverse, this show is several years ahead of that. That alone was enough for me to take pause and, and really think, no, I, I don't think I'm, I weigh all my Star Wars TV shows on the same scales. I think, like you say, 
I weigh them based on their own merits and faults. Um, but also like you, Hank, I've, I found a, a total enjoyment in uh, everything we've gotten so far. Yeah. I want to push the conversation a little bit forward. I want to t- talk a little bit about, uh, well, first of all, let me just say this. Um, <laughs> boy, was I wrong <laughs> about our trailer breakdown <laughs> <laughs> without getting into specifics because we will cover them as they come up. Uh, we've all seen it now. And if you saw our trailer breakdown, ha ha, you can all laugh at me because I totally deserve it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Um, there's a prevailing theme here across the first couple of episodes, uh, certainly in, uh, in uh, part, part one and then again in part two. And that is that uh, Ben, as uh, we will probably go and call him for the foreseeable future of this show anyway, he's not the same man that we left at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And, and if anything, that uh, theme keeps coming up recurrently um, in a physical way, especially in an emotional way. And man, this is an emotional journey, and, and I am so sucked in. Oh, big time. Um, if anybody's ever been in a dark place and managed to, to dig their way out, that's that's exactly what this is about. It, and uh, I couldn't be more thrilled. I mean, it it's like a character state. Like people were complaining about The Last Jedi and, and what yeah. Luke was yeah. going through. And if you had an ounce of this to Luke's character in that movie... I, you know what? I had this conversation with Kim today. Kim said the exact same thing that he is, uh, he's going through the same thing that Luke went through on Octo and, and Yoda as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and this, and, and so, uh, yeah, powerful stuff. All right. As promised, we are going to cover both episodes one and two but we are not going to cover them both tonight because that would just be one of the most epic streams we've ever done. Six hours later. um, Just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, We all have busy lives and we had busy weeks. I was not able to take part one because I had a personal commitment somewhere else. Andy, you've got the, uh, the con tonight for part one. I do. But I would invite everybody to come back tomorrow night. That is uh, Monday, the 30th of May, same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, where I'll be back in the hot seat, and we will cover part two. Now, without any further ado, Andy, the floor is yours, sir. Take us away. Let's get to it. All right. Our first episode is simply titled Part One. Pretty basic, but uh, it works. Uh, Directed by Deborah Chow. It has a runtime of 55 minutes and nine seconds with credits, or 43.26 without credits and recap. Can we talk about the recap for a second? We can, yeah. Is that not the most um, epic that is recap? Like, hits all the points you need, and you know what? It brought up some loose threads. If you needed a, uh, if you needed a primer on the the prequel, uh, the prequel trilogy as far as Obi Wan's journey is concerned, you could just watch that. Yeah, it reminded me, and not in a negative way, but of a, like a, a fan teaser trailer. Like so, you know, you know those where they make. Where you just trailers together what you new, need. Right. From old footage. And that's yeah. what it reminded me of. Almost like an homage. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Uh, um, on uh, music detail for this one, all six episodes are scored by multi-award winning British composer Natalie Holt. And her previous work includes Kindred, Fever Dream, and Marvel's Loki. Oh, cool. So yeah. no stranger cool. to Disney. No, not at all. And the first thing we see when we kick into this episode, though, 
It's yeah. something very familiar. I have to say, I was quite taken back by that. Really? I was. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. It felt right. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's, the, it's the first uh, of the shows with that card. Yes, it is. And yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's actually, it speaks more to the, uh, the intro, the the sort of uh, clip show, the Star Wars it's... thing, how it's leading right off of the Sith, right? Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, but uh, you know, after our four minute montage and we get our updated Star Wars and helmet, you know, little flashy droid montage, we got some new faces in there. Uh, I want to say the armorer is new. The armor is, is that new. right? Okay, yeah, and I believe a mouse droid as well. Was she not part of the 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 Boba ones? I don't know. Maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe. But uh, we open and we get like a really peaceful training session at the Jedi Temple. And it is on Coruscant and it is Jedi Master Minas Velti, played by stunt actress Ming Queen. And we got some younglings in there, you know, taking part. This isn't the first time we've seen Ming in the Star Wars franchise, though, because she was the stunt double for Ming Na Wen's Fennec Shan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Both the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. That's awesome. But she followed her further because she also doubled her in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) But that's a thing in Hollywood, right? Where like you you as an actor or certain actors, they have their double. Yeah. Uh, We've talked about this before. Dwayne Johnson uses uh, his cousin. His cousin made a whole movie about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's also worked on the live action Mulan film. So she's, you know, Disney through and through. Right, but uh, I have to say her her defense of the younglings in a few minutes is some pretty brilliant lightsaber uh, work, actually. I would say so. Yeah, For a second there, I was thinking that uh, you know, and I couldn't remember. I actually went back. I'm like, I got to go back to Attack of the Clones because she reminded me of somebody. For a second, I thought that she was uh, Bolter Swan. Okay, the girl that was in the she was in the uh, arena in Geonosis in the uh, stands. Hmm. My God, Asian woman, is it the same person? Is she a master now? Did she survive Geonosis? I couldn't remember. <laughs> Turns out, no. Yeah. It's not her. But uh, our tranquil training session, you know, it doesn't last long as the doors slide open and members of the 501st rush in blasting. And the younglings take cover while the master kind of dispatches the two of them with a green lightsaber. But then she tries to lead them out and we see other Jedi engaging clone troopers. So, uh, you know... We know right where we are. Yeah, I mean, the, the temple is a... Uh, it's just been stormed. You, we saw some of that from the outside when we saw... I mean, I can't even say that we saw that. You we saw Anakin. Obi-Wan and Yoda breach the temple afterwards. Mm. And we saw them fight a few clones. But like mm-hmm. to see the action from the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. Live action clones, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, their helmets, I couldn't discern who they were as far as i can tell they're just generic 501st guys probably but, uh you know i'm sure some named ones are in there somewhere uh it yeah i mean it's entirely nice. likely yeah. yeah yeah but uh they make their way to a high bridge in the main hall i think it is and uh try as they might like so many others you know she eventually falls to blaster fire again these are clone troopers not stormtroopers. they can hit their mark yeah and I mean, they, they, they're a military. They have numbers yeah. on their side. Yeah. That does speak to the whole thing, though. Like, 
you know they they wanted to uh they wanted to call the jedi back to the temple they wanted to set a trap for them and uh we know that not all of the jedi were here at the time so we got survivors out there somewhere do uh the younglings they pause near uh the fallen body of their master and we see in the background there's a bunch of huge statues in the temple as the battle rages on right right and we also hear emperor palpatine's voice eerily repeating the command to execute order 66. yes yes we do we've seen these statues before though uh in the atrium in the force unleashed video game oh wow you can see them there and you can also purchase replicas of the i am one with the Force statue at galaxy's edge oh nice there's a level in the new Lego game that has a bunch of Jedi statues that you have to solve a nice. puzzle with, too. You know me. I'm a sucker for merchandise, too. Yeah. But the younglings, they don't linger long, and uh, really quick, they run off with the hope of escaping. And that's all we get from them for now. So uh, we get our title card next. Can we just go back to that? It's your last slide for a second, Andy, because sure. I think this is a this is an important point here. Is there anybody here that does not think that the girl in the back row is Riva? It's possible. Yeah, that's that's my thought. They 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 open I'm, on her. They like they. It they opens on her. her face. Yeah, and it like it's a slow pan back from her to the rest of the younglings, but they they linger on her central in the frame for the first few sort of moves of that kata. I don't even uh, want to use the term that gets thrown around the the bait and switch term because I don't feel like that's what this is. No. I will say that uh, as we've pointed out many many times that one of the central themes of Star Wars is redemption. Yes. And is this not like to me, knowing what we know going forward, you know, I I do believe that this is going to feature prominently throughout the series that uh, we may see more flashbacks of what happened to this specific group well i actually think we're going to see reva's redemption throughout this this arc or throughout this uh this series you think she can come back she may not be able to so this this could be the the same the same conversation we had about crosshair true i think crosshair could come back but he has gone so far that the only way he's coming back is uh posthumously and it may be the same thing for her as well but i don't think that she's I don't think she's all the way in. She's really, really far. Yes, she is. Like, we'll start with hands far, <laughs> but I don't think that she's so far that she can't come back. And I'll, and I'll, I'll put a, a point out, like, a, call it a, a technicality. Remember in the, in the uh, marketing material how, how fans were up in arms that they couldn't see the, the yellow eyes of Rupert Friends, the Grand Inquisitor? Mm. Yes. We've since seen that that's been corrected. We see it in the uh, Fifth Brother we see it in the fourth sister, but we don't see it in Riva. Fair enough. Her yeah. eyes remained, uh, what, brown, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's, that's very true. Um, we'll get into it as they, they sort of appear naturally, but there's, there's, there's quite a bit about the uh, uh, Inquisitors that's interesting in terms of their relationship with Vader and their varying she's, methodologies. She's very. She has she has some interesting distinctions about her, and we'll get into that when we when we right, right. the rest of the inquiry. Yeah. So uh, we flash then after our title card to ten years later, and we find ourselves on Tatooine, and the good people are going about their daily routines. Jawas are peddling their wares. Some gamblers are shooting dice in an alley. I'm not quite sure what dice game this is, but uh, it appears to be like little tri- or, uh, pyramid dice. Maybe. So. 
I just want to say uh, kudos on the reuse of the uh, the Tatooine, the most Espacets from uh, from Boba Fett. Yeah, or from uh, Lost yeah. Eisley though uh, in the uh, descriptive audio. Is that what they're calling it? I see now. I actually, oh, I should have turned it on when I was watching this one. And the crash, the crash starship is present. You know that big angled crashed starship. Oh. The uh, what's it called? Oh, forget. The I know the one you're talking about. The Queen's Bounty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before long, you know, the people, they start looking up as a shadow falls over the city. And uh, we get a good glimpse at what's on the Jawa's sail mat. And these parts will come up later. But as the ship draws closer, everybody kind of scrambles. You know, danger is imminent. Right, right. And we come to find out that it is the Inquisitor Transport Scythe, as revealed with the upcoming Lego sets. Is that what it's officially called? That is what it's officially called. Scythe. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And it makes landfall, and the residents of the town, they're all stepping back or scrambling away, and the ramp lowers, and finally we get our uh, Grand Inquisitor, played by Rupert Friend. He walks out, followed by the fifth brother, played by Sung Kang, and the third sister, Reva Savander, played by Moses Ingram. Uh, head not elongated. Yes. <laughs> he looks fantastic. He does. He you does. can't tell me that he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Imposing as hell. But uh, sidebar, in my research, yeah, this yeah. is where I came upon that troubling article. And as reported by Variety and a few other sites, apparently Moses Ingram was warned by Lucasfilm to be prepared for a backlash of racism from internet trolls for her role as the third sister in the show, citing similar issues with John Boyega and Kelly Marie Tran with the sequel trilogy. I think that's... Um that's good on them because they're just it's i think they're they're showing up front uh, a little solidarity and in terms of the way they may have let the other two uh out to hang a little bit uh maybe that's just uh just proof that they have her back because that i mean it's bound to happen yeah. which is so ridiculous yeah um, i think sometimes we forget that uh when actors are playing a role that they are employees yeah, and I mean, you, this boils down to this is a one hundred percent HR thing. This is a a company looking out for its employee. Right. I just right. hope that uh, Pablo Hidalgo did not deliver that message. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. And I mean, you know, do you want her to not try hard, guys? In her uh, role as in Star Wars, come on, people. Yeah, of course we do. There is no phoning it in. Of course we want her to be. Yeah, we want her to give her the best performance. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, as a criticism. That's I. That stuff makes me crazy. Yeah. But back to our uh, show at hand. The uh, three Inquisitors, they stroll down the street and all the people, they just, you know, lower their heads, turn away or scurry off and they make their way to an open air tavern. And, you know, let's take a moment to uh, focus in on our three here. First up, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, played by British actor Rupert Friend. Some people were concerned by that lack of the extended cone head, but you know, the performance he's delivered in this episode is top shelf. He is forceful. He's yeah. threatening and he's imposing. I just love his mannerisms. I love the cadence of his voice. I love the, I am hung on every line that he delivers. Yeah, he's got like just leadership qualities all about him. So I'd read an article where uh, Mr. Friend purposefully did not watch any of rebels because he didn't want to be influenced by Jason Isaac's performance. Yeah. yeah. And I watching it, I'm like, really? 
Because you sure you didn't watch any of that? <laughs> because spot on, sir. Yeah. You may know him from his previous work on The Death of Stalin, uh, Hitman Agent 47, and Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. Another Star Wars connection. Yeah. But uh, next up, we have The Fifth Brother, played by Korean-American actor Sung-ho Kang. You probably know him best as Han Lu Ao, or Han Lu, sorry, from the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, but you may also recognize him from roles in Ninja Assassin and Better Luck Tomorrow. Did he have any speaking parts in this one? In this one? Yeah. Yes, he does. He does. Yes, okay. He does. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he lays into our next. Did you like here. the, uh, uh, did you like the vocal processing on his voice? I didn't mind it. It gives him a more, you know, it does. menacing actually, sound. Because of like Han, I'm like, how are they going to get him to sound like the fifth brother? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's how they're going to do it. That's okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think it turned out well because I think he's in control of that himself. Oh, you think? Well, just based on, you know, when he's speaking to the crowds and when yeah. he's not yeah, speaking yeah. to the crowd. But, uh, you know, we'll get there. Uh, finally, we have the third sister, uh, Reva Savander, played by actress Moses Ingram. Uh, her portrayal so far, she is ruthless and ambitious. Can't wait to see how they develop her character on this. Uh, but you may know her from other work on the Apple original film, The Tragedy of Macbeth, uh, the Netflix original series, The Queen's Gambit, or a nine-minute short film called Candace. Should we take a second to bring everybody up to speed on Inquisitors? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, you know, we've talked about Inquisitors before on the show, but I think it's worth... I think it's worth revisiting because some people might be seeing these uh, these characters for the first time and kind of be like, what the heck is this? Mm. Yeah. yeah, so like we said before, uh, for the uh, less than casual viewer, um, these are RPG uh, inventions from the, from the old games, the, uh, the D6. That's right, yeah, yeah. West End Games uh, uh, class of, of character. Uh, but what's really interesting is the the stuff that goes on in the comics uh i can't say enough and you guys have heard me harp on it time and time and time again uh, making my way through it <laughs> uh, read the vader comics the stellar stuff and especially now in light of this uh with with the inquisitors being more and more prominent in the uh the star wars culture if you will um there's some great stuff so there's there's 12 there's 12 uh inquisitors one of which we haven't met yet um in the comics, there's two unnamed, uh, they don't even give them their numbers, uh, but they're killed by Vader for, for entertaining a romantic relationship with one another. Oh. Uh, there's um, the ones that obviously appear in Rebels that we're really familiar with, the fifth yeah. brother being one of them, the, uh, the uh, seventh sister being another. Um, uh, there's a few others in, in the comics, and... and uh, Especially the, uh, the, I believe it's the tenth sister uh, from the uh, Fallen Jedi, Order video. Jedi game. Fallen Order, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's where we sort of learn that that uh, Vader likes to train them personally, and one of the things he does to each and every one of them is he he sort of maims them in some fashion, and he says it's to uh, uh, show them pain and loss so they can experience pain and loss and maybe grow, grow stronger in the dark side because of that. Right. Um, it c cuts off the 10th sister's hand in, 
comedy. But I find that really interesting. Uh, uh, you know, moving forward, there's going to be a line of dialogue, and we'll talk about that when it pops up because it happens really soon. But I find it really interesting that knowing that part of the way that Vader trains them all personally, yeah, and uh, there is no sort of it's under the uh, the direction of, of Palpatine, but he's he's not involved in any way. This is this is uh, Vader's little cadre, if you will. Um, that Riva seems to be intact, if you will. And we spoke about her eyes uh, yep. earlier. And it, uh, I think there's something to that. And I think there's even more to your your thoughts on the redemption arc for the character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, I think the coolest thing that nobody knows about, too, and it's probably going to come up in the Ahsoka show, too, is that the sixth brother uh, was... Um, I think he was a, a Django jumper. You remember those guys? The, uh, the, the race starts with a T. Uh, oh, Three-fingered, uh, very agile characters. Um, they're, they're in some of the uh, Clone Wars episodes. I think maybe in one of the Rebels episodes. Anyways, uh, 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 one of those species, the Sixth Brother, is the, is the uh, Inquisitor that Ahsoka kills and takes his red sabers. Oh, and right. purifies the crystals for right. her own sabers. To make her white lightsabers. Yeah. That's so very these, cool. These guys go deep in the lore, and, and uh, it's real cool that we're focusing heavily on them. Now. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, as they stroll along, they enter the tavern, and uh, we're treated to the full How to Hunt a Jedi speech, mm-hmm. as was uh, teased in the trailer. Anybody think the bald guy was a clone for a second? Okay, so I want to talk about that because because sitting here right now with you guys looking at this image, I am still saying that's Tamira Morrison's head. And I think that they swapped actors when the camera... Because we do see this guy from the front. Yeah, yeah. And it's not Tamira. But, like, I was sure that they planted a clone in this bar. (laughs) And I still think that that's him from behind. It could be. You know, I, I feel like it's kind of like a cognitive uh, dissonance. <laughs> man, is that is that a bait and switch? Is that what that? I don't know. <laughs> Sean, yeah, Sean says, yeah, "Yeah, I thought it was a clone." Yeah, totally. We all did, Sean. Yeah, we first, all did. He was about point three seconds in the trailer, and I thought it was a clone. <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, Grand Inquisitor, he makes his way to the bar to confront the owner of the establishment, played by Derek Basco. No uh, Toronto whiskey in this one. No. And uh, he delivers the monologue here in a fashion that is both inquisitorial and ultimately threatening. Uh, He's like a lawyer with a lightsaber. (laughs) Nice analogy. Yeah, and we also get to notice some uh, clear lightsaber activity scorched right into the wall. Right. As he refers to them, you know, leaving trails. He's just recanting the tale. He knows exactly. Like it's yeah. like he's inventing a story, but he's just basically recanting what he already knows. Yeah. Brilliant. But uh, growing impatient with the Grand Inquisitor's methods, uh, the third sister moves to speed up the process, and she grabs a knife off the closest table and hurls it at the barkeep. And it reaches within a couple inches of his face, but is stopped short by an unknown Jedi sitting in the corner. Uh, he's quickly spotted by the third sister, though, and... Uh, Side note here, we do see what I think is a Nimbanel alien chilling in the corner, but I don't think it's anybody we previously met. What are we calling this guy? Uh, Nimbanel. 
Hmm. I, I don't even know if I'm aware of that. What that species is. Yeah, that's just some, brand new to me. Must yeah, be weird walrus type dog face. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yes, I know what you're saying. Now, did we not uh, sequel era? There are a lot of sequel era aliens uh, right. uh, throughout, peppered throughout this. And I think, uh, just as a, a quick side note, I think that's a smart thing to do because now it's like when you go back and watch the uh, um, uh, go back and watch the original films, and you're like, where are all these aliens that we know to exist? Yeah. Well, now they're being put in, and they are there. Well, yeah. technically, there was one of his species in the cantina back in A New Hope. Okay. Because when you go back and review all the uh, masks and whatnot yeah. from that yeah, scene, yeah. he is in the background. Okay, good it. to know. So, but he's you know unnamed and has just like a sitting role. It's hard to keep up. Uh, I know, like when we get to to part two, there is a lot going on in yeah. terms of species, and I could not name them all if I tried. Yep. <laughs> but uh, you know, the knife that falls to the ground, and the Jedi he leaps up across tables in an attempt to escape, but he's quickly cornered by the three Inquisitors. And the Jedi tells him, you know, you're wasting your time. You'll never find us all. But the third sister, she just moves to strike. And she gets pretty damn close. Uh, that she does. Burning the arm on him here. But before she can follow through, the Grand Inquisitor, he stops her, you know, using the Force and just throws her across the room, giving the Jedi the opening that he needs to escape into the street. Hey, the clone's looking at the camera now. Oh, it's not a clone. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and according to the descriptive audio, it's he uses the force the whole time. She literally would have cut the guy right in half. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the Jedi, he also uses the force and he pulls down the uh, awning to block their way as he disappears into the market. Yep. And then, you know, it's weird that they don't go running after, but I guess they don't need to because they figure they'll just catch up later. So, you know, the Grand Inquisitor, he admonishes the third sister calling her reckless. And then she fires back, you know, that Jedi who just escaped is Scraps. But he reminds her, you know, Scraps are all we have left, implying that they have been very successful in their efforts in hunting down the Jedi. She insists, you know, there is bigger prey out there. But the Grand Inquisitor shuts her down saying, you know, forget about your fixation on Kenobi. Yeah. Or yeah. I will relieve you of your duties. We pick up uh, with the Bad Batch. We pick up, you know, immediately at the moment of Order 66. Yeah. And then... You know, I guess the next uh, sort of uh, point in time is uh, when we meet Cal Kestis yeah. in Jedi Fallen Order. Like, do we know what the gap is between those? Like, how early, how before A New Hope is uh, Fallen Order? Oh, we still have Purge Troopers, but we have Inquisitors now. So, I mean, like, well, they say this is ten years after Order sixty six. Yeah. So, I, my question is, really, Nine years before. I mean, yeah. Inquisitors haven't been hunting Jedi for like ten years because I yeah. mean they had to have formed the the organization right after. Yeah, there had to have been some time to. They're also gone them. by the time of a new hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Also, yeah. So, uh, it's sort of a short lived organization. Maybe, maybe, maybe fifteen years. But you talk about the Emperor not having a hand in that, and then you wonder, did he or didn't he? Like, does the Emperor like? Like, do they just end up getting killed? Do they die? Or does the emperor say like Vader enough? You, you yeah, can shut her down. Them, yeah. Get rid of your toys. Well, we see, Maybe. we see them all. Most of them we see die on camera. In these that video games, is true. In, in rebels. And, you know, we see a lot of that. <laughs> so yeah. they're not very, yeah, yeah. they're, they're pretty successful. until they meet Kanan and Ezra. Put it that way. 
<laughs> you gotta so, wonder do they recycle those designations like over the time of their existence you know does well, they, and, and so, thirds and yeah fourth. that's that's sort of what i was thinking too when they sort yeah. of cap them at 12 but there's two unnumbered ones that die in the comic uh and so they, yeah they probably would you know the whole them. we're gonna need a new timmy mm-hmm. we're right, gonna yeah. need a new number five <laughs> exactly and i would say yeah. that the 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 first video game is probably happening now uh, the fallen order game yeah like, probably simultaneously with this it's it's about it's, it's right got to be close yeah. it's got to be close yeah super close you know this seemingly puts her in a place and they both exit the tavern yeah and uh we cut and we are now under the blazing twin suns of tatooine so it- that's a good point, Andy. And this is, this is a very subtle thing. And I want to up earlier to me. Yeah. I want to say, I want to ask because when I, and I'm still working on it, I still have a, a, a several minutes of footage left to cover, uh, transitions from scene to scene, straight cuts, straight no, cuts. No fades, were were no there circles. any wipes in this episode at all? Not that I could tell. Cause yeah, after you knows. mentioned it, I started looking for it again. Yeah. And it's like, there aren't. There was one that's like, oh, maybe, but no, it was no, a No, it is a straight cut. And they're hard cuts, too, Like, yeah. and they're quick. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't understand like how transitions add drama and, and uh, are part of the, of the plot, but I found it very interesting that a, a technical hallmark of Star Wars, the wipe shot, or the wipe, is, is nowhere to be seen in this whatsoever. And does that not go back to what you said, Hank, about uh, your creators uh, taking risks and sort of leaving their mark on it? Right. If if we remove the growth, then we remove the evolution of the species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all want this to 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 evolve into something crazy. So so confirmed. Spoiler: first two uh, first two parts, no wipes. No wipes. Okay. Maybe it was a trade off for the long time ago card. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we pan across the desert and we see the down carcass of a creature that kind of like resembles a whale. Mm. And we pan around it to see a makeshift work village right beside it. And we follow down a conveyor belt and there's meat in various stages of preparation. Uh, this isn't the first time we've seen this creature though. Is it? What are you calling it? Uh, I will get to that in two okay, seconds. Okay. I, th- I figured uh, you were going to follow up on that. Cause yeah. I have some questions about it. In its yep. other iteration, yep. it was said to be built for Arctic climates, so I don't know why we're finding it on Tatooine. Uh, you know what? Okay, well, play it out, and then we can talk about it. All right. I'm almost positive that this creature is a Jakusk. Oh. And they are native to the Ice Moon Seltzer 3, and they first appeared in the third episode of the second season of Star Wars Resistance. And you dug deep to find that because I, I wasn't even thinking. But like, if you look closely, you can see like the five fin uh yeah extension I, I see and it. the legs on the bottom i see it but i totally uh, do in the beginning they were simply known as ice creature and at one point they were supposed to be a thrantra based on the ralph Macquarie designs okay but that design continued to evolve to the point where they were named ice births in yeah. an early draft yeah, yeah. of that resistance script before finally becoming jacusks uh, interesting i should point out though that thrantras are native to alderaan yeah and leia is said to have ridden them Okay. So, you know, one monster went one way and this monster went a completely different way. It's funny because, and I don't mean funny, but it's interesting in the sense that like earlier uh, lore, like legends lore, 
had both cold and warm weather versions of the Wampa. Hmm. So the Wampa living on Hoth, and you had its, it's blue warm weather uh, cousin, the Trompa, that was <laughs> everywhere else. You have yeah, this could yeah. be another case of that. But I mean, like multiple subspecies uh, of the same creature across the Star Wars galaxy uh, is not a far stretch to no, me. Exactly. Not at all. Because I, Hank, you had said to me, you know, did I think this was a purgle? And I'm like, it looks more like a shark. Manta ray, possibly. I think we lost you, Hank. We lost your uh, your audio. Your uh, it was very whale like, but there you're back. The fact that am I? Oh, did I skip out? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're back. Just oh. your uh, your your audio cut out for a second. Uh, why I thought it was a pergol was because the meat is pretty fresh looking. <laughs> yeah. Um and I thought, uh, you know, based on some of the stuff that's in Rebels, uh, that the the pergol are hunted actually because they. They're like a nuisance to spacefarers. So it would be nothing for them to like kill a pergol in space and have it crash down into into a planet and then harvest it as you know. But if this is a creature from before the oceans dried up, it wouldn't that meat all be rotten. I actually thought for a second, like because my initial thought was like, oh, there are other creatures, you know, first I'm like, is this a native creature of Tatooine? So there are thing other things that are as big as a crate dragon. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, that was my instinct. I, I did watch it the very first time at three in the morning on my phone or whatever it was. Yep. Yep. And uh, I thought it was a great dragon. Well, and, I mean, there, there was no thought in my mind that it wasn't until I watched it on a 16. Yeah. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. There is a definite crater behind it. Like it skidded like it, in. Yeah. Like it cut I, into the ground. I don't, right. I mean, maybe they excavated it, but I don't think so. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're harvesting the meat. Yeah, we are harvesting the meat. And uh, an- another reason will come up here shortly as to why I think it is a jacuzzi. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, a whistle blows and almost all the workers, they move to punch out and, you know, receive their pay. But one sandy haired man remains at his station. And this worker slices off a section of this whale or jacuzzi meat. Yep. And after bundling it up, he slips it into his apron. The camera pans up and we find that it's Obi-Wan Kenobi finally yeah 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 um did you notice this is yet the next new way to use a gonk droid is that a gonk droid yeah as a time clock there you go <laughs> Most versatile droid out there as they're they're putting punch cards into the top of it and it's yeah. spitting out credits on the side yep <laughs> keep losing your audio do you keep losing me we do keep losing you uh yeah. intermittently all right. Well, it's clear right now. Are you good to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Okay. All right. We'll press on. Uh, once Obi cleans his knife, you know, he moves toward the end of the line and a worker in front of him, it stops to question, you know, he's only received half his normal pay. And then Foreman Groff Ditcher, played by Heath McGow, he shoves him and threaten him, threatens him saying, you know, you'll get none if you keep it up. Yeah. 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 And he's like, but I got a family. And Obi looks on, and then, you know, the foreman asks him, you know, you got a problem. Obi does nothing. He just clocks out and yeah. takes his credits and go. And not this the just... Obi we've ever seen before at all. No, this nope. is not Obi the same Obi Wan. does something no matter what. Yep. This is, and this is the first big indicator that this something is a changed man. You know, all the marketing leading up to the show said that Obi-Wan begins his journey as, uh, and I don't mean to say it in a negative way, but as a broken man yeah. right 
and this is our first evidence of that. Do you? I don't know if you if you covered it in your notes, Andy. Do you talk about the repetition of this, the going to work? I do. Okay. I do. Okay, I'll I'll talk about that yeah. later. Then. So uh, we follow him out on. Uh, he gets aboard a transport, and he sits with his head down, and you know everybody just riding their way back to Anchorhead. And once back in town, he makes his way to a stall where there's a waiting Yopi, and he pets the animal and proceeds to feed it some of the jacuzzi meat. Are we still sorry? When we say town, are we calling? Is this Moss Eisley? I would say Anchorhead. Because I, that's what I figured. Anchorhead. The narrator or the descriptive audio calls yep. it Anchorhead. Okay, so Anchorhead confirmed. Yeah, because we suspected that it was Anchorhead. Yeah, right. But oh, this, the, uh, the small town he goes to, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, I understand. But according to Wikipedia, there is a long list of beings able to eat the meat of the jacuzzi. Okay. The opies aren't on that list, so maybe it needs updating. But, wow. you know, across species, there's a lot that can consume meat from that beast. I think that that is a soft uh, retcon that uh, will be corrected very soon. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, Obi, he leads the beast out of town before mounting up to ride across the desert into the Judland Wastes. Hey, is it the same Eopi from uh, the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith? It may be. Do you think? I don't know how long their lifespan is, but it could be. Cool. Because it seems super loyal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and his uh, compassion remains, right? You could see that his concern is feeding this thing. Okay, so that's something I thought of, too. I thought, isn't it interesting that he cuts a piece of meat and gives it to a beast of burden and does not eat it himself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it, three times. Right. And that's, yeah. uh, that speaks to his core. You know, it, that's yeah. almost like uh, autonomic function for a Jedi. The compassion. Yeah. 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 Selfless. Yeah. But uh, once he gets to his home cave, you know, there's a small sensor that pops out of the ground and it blinks blue for the all clear. And for half a second, you know, this reminds you of the sensor that pops out of R2. Uh, yeah, very much so. The, the but, periscope out of an astromech droid. Yeah. But it's not him. So I do like, though, how now this is <laughs> I said this to myself in a funny kind of way. Now, is there a whole astromech droid buried there or is it just uh, just the periscope? Right. I well, I, I mean, I thought that, too. Uh, the, I mean, the right astromech droid, knowing that that's the that's the job might still do it. Yeah, really. I, I Sit saw, here underground I, and I saw just look spec- around. Is that R4 in uh, some speculation uh, blogs and stuff? Is that R4? Right, but R4 mm. was killed. I don't the, believe that's R4. No, he was killed. Anyways, we saw him get his head ripped off in, the, in that first fight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Obi, he enters the cave and uh, proceeds to stash his credits and cooks himself some stew using one of those Instapot things like we saw in The Force Awakens. Uh, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, takes a seat on the rock ledge overlooking the desert. And behind him, a Jawa pushes a hover cart full of goods up into the cave. So this is a very, because that's almost the inverse scene of The Force Awakens where he's, you know, the meal is pathetic and he sits alone, uh, sullen and, you know, and what we see from Ray is, uh, the, sort of the same job, but she's, you know, cooking for herself, and then she seems to be almost optimistic and enjoying the meal. Yeah. Like she, she, yeah. Said, she puts the helmet on, she's kind of smiling to herself, and so it's almost the inverse scene. I think it's a nice touch and a nice nod to uh, the fact that most of us wanted Ray to be a Kenobi. I think that's what that is, it's a little nod to that. <laughs> we got our second comment here from Sean. 
Sean says, that's why he doesn't remember he had a droid. It was buried the whole time. There's a reason. It's funny, though. I, I, I'm going to go back to that for a second now because the comment is perfect for this. The whole idea, is it R4, begs the question because we don't express we don't expressly see this, and I don't know if it's covered in the comic books. Mm. How did Obi-Wan get to Tatooine? Did Bale drop him off, or did he take Grievous's uh, uh, cruise, uh, ship and fly it there himself? Maybe. There, uh, I mean, if spoilers, I guess uh, there's yeah, a Lego yeah. set uh, from the Obi Wan show, and he has a Jedi starfighter that doesn't look like any Jedi starfighter I've ever seen before. Okay, so uh, something to look forward to <laughs> going forward. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe. They, Damn you! I've they, been so I'm so clean on this. <laughs> no, nah, they screwed us over before doing that, though. Yeah, Lego has been ruining movies for years now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of clean, uh, after hurling the insult that she could smell him or should have brought some soap because she mm-hmm. can smell him from Anchorhead, uh, the Jawa begins her exchange with Obi by asking, you know, do you got the credits this time? And he says, you know, do you have what I asked for? And then the Jawa pulls out a toy model of a T-16 Skyhopper sighting. Yeah. This is rare. They don't make them anymore. And we've seen this toy before. We've absolutely have, seen yeah, this before. Back in A New Hope. And then... Uh, you know, there's a sound behind them and it's a mechanical breakdown and it echoes through the cave. And the Jawa asks, you know, if you're having trouble with your evaporator <laughs> and he replies, you know, some parts were stolen and I yeah. need a new processor board. Excitedly, the Jawa reaches into her cart and has just what he needs. It's the same part we saw on the mat earlier in the episode. But that's funny. So they've been, they would have sold it to somebody he else. would have sold. Yeah. Taken it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, Tika, your neighborhood, your friendly neighborhood Jawa. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Obi remarks though, that if you're going to steal my parts, could you at least clean them? Yeah. And Tika yeah, yeah. replies, cleaning is extra. So this is awesome because for me now the comedy, uh, which has always been important in star Wars and never felt forced in the original trilogy. Yep. This is a perfect example of that. Okay, good. The super, super dark, tense, brooding man here. And the the comedy is organic and does not and, and he's playing off uh, a person whose language we don't you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. Fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic bit of acting by Ewan McGregor. Absolutely. Can we go back to the T sixteen for a second? Yeah, for sure. So the the whole thing about um the it's old, they don't make these anymore. We are all toy guys here. And I mean, if you, is this not a nod to vintage Star Wars collectors everywhere? It's old. They don't make these anymore. Maybe because like they do do a lot of reissues now. Absolutely do. But to me, but to get the original. By the time Luke is an adult. Yeah, really? When he's playing with it. This just speaks so direct. This so pointed to me that was like, oh, that's, it's almost a like poke. Yeah. <laughs> and my breath went <gasps> when he threw it on the ground too. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 But uh, you know, Obi remarks that and he goes for the credits and Tika asks, you know, you need anything else? We just got a bunch of new salvage in. We stripped a Jedi's old ship they found out in the wastes. And Tika hands him an old Jedi utility belt. So maybe that's some foreshadowing to the Lego set you're talking about, Hank. It could maybe. be. Do we think but, that maybe that was Obi's ship, or do we think that's the other? The I think we just met? I think this is the mystery Jedi ship. Right. Uh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Have, I think so as well. Know, crashed it in the waste. I think so as well. Yep. Yeah. But uh, fun note here: uh, Tika the Jawa 
is played by Leilani Shiu. Okay. And though she's named in this episode, this would be the fourth time that she has played a Jawa. She's portrayed the Jawa in both the Book of Boba Fett and both seasons of The Mandalorian. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. That's so, fantastic. returning uh, character. I wonder if she's the one that uh, cracks the uh, the, uh, the mudhorn egg. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I love the line yeah. there when she's bartering. She's like, I got a tribe to feed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, leaning into that whole tribe thing. Well, I mean, we had so much development with the Tusken Raiders. It's interesting to see just that much more, a little more development with the, with the Jawa. Yeah, and this further develops, like we had uh, Pelimato remarking, you know, I dated a Jawa, saying, you know, they're males, but now yep, we have our yep. confirmed female Jawa. And they, they wrecked yeah. their And her brain. hands are less hairy. Oh, I never picked up when on that. When you see her rooting around in the cart, yeah, yeah. there's no visible hair. St- so either she's wearing gloves or... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, that makes you wonder if that's a conscious choice to, to differentiate them like that to do it that way. It could be. But uh, Obi-Wan, you know, he inspects the belt and Tika tells him that uh, a Jedi escaped across the Dune Sea fleeing from Inquisitors. So I think that further cements that it is his ship. The amount of time that he spends, uh, and I know it's it's that, what do you call it? It's, it's an elongated pause, but like holding the leather in his hand and looking at it forlornly yep. mm-hmm. is like this like oh, i almost I'm like is that his own belt like did they did, I that's why i'm like did he, he did he bury a ship in the desert and the jawas have just found it and yeah, they're yeah. literally handing him his own belt yeah that's you know, what, that's what made me part. question whether yeah yeah yeah. That, yeah but no i believe this is uh it's a good thing guys. he doesn't have cal Kestis's ability either <laughs> to like touch the object and have him oh like psychometry yeah 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 Tika remarks that she hopes that more of them will come because it's good for business, but Obi-Wan shuts her down and says, you know, I've heard the Jedi are all but extinct. And he hands her back the belt, and she tells him once more, you stink. And with credits in hand, Tika leaves, and we flash forward to that night where we find Obi sleeping on a bedroll in the cave. Yeah, that's right. uh, The images we got from uh, Entertainment Weekly, I think we got those. Yeah. 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 That night, Ben is plagued by nightmares of Anakin burning, Qui-Gon Jinn dying, Padme dying flashes of earlier times and he wakes up in the dark and calls out to Qui-Gon but no response he's utterly alone in the cave so again the whole broken man thing and this is something that uh, we talked about Hank you and I mentioned this earlier during the week this is a prime example of a soldier with PTSD 100% he's having nightmares yeah the deeper uh, the deeper question is as we've already established, it's 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Master Yoda said, uh, in your exile training for you, I have yes. an old friend has come back from the void. So he's still trying to learn that in 10 years. Still hasn't got it. What's interesting though, is that there's a, there's another component to that because part of the commuting process is the want to be communicated with from the ether mm-hmm. is Qui-Gon in his not communing with Obi-Wan, trying to teach him something still, even in death. Intentionally holding out. Until yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah I 100%, her, I 100% agree with that. I think you're going to get like, a, Obi's going to experience something that's going to connect him back to that. And that's when, when Qui-Gon will reveal himself. You know, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's that theme. 
the next morning, though, we find a scurrier rooting around as we see Obi-Wan has tried his Eopi traveling across the sand. And we find that Obi has made his way to a rocky formation and entering through a cave. He takes a seat on the rocks on the other side. Uh, question about the scurrier. Sure. <laughs> We've seen scurriers before. We have. Have we ever seen a scurrier with antlers before? I don't recall. I believe this is the first time we're seeing this. A longhorn. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. normally they're just like little, uh, little kangaroo mice. Yeah. But yeah, like the most up-to-date stuff uh, says that they can have antlers. And so now I'm like, is this a case, you know, is it like deer where the majority of deer, uh, only the males have antlers or are they like, are they reindeer where like males and females have antlers? Maybe. Maybe it's just a, it's such a minor thing, but at the same time you, you see that and you kind of go, Oh, that's new. Yeah. Another comment here uh, from Sean. He wouldn't show up until episode five. Yeah, it makes sense. Five, six, towards the end anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I was hoping for a much, much sooner. You know, I kind of thought that maybe, uh, you know, a communing with, with Qui-Gon might be the catalyst to, to get Once going. Forward. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't even, I, I mean, I, you think about it in the background, but I wasn't really even entertaining the thoughts of, of, uh, of Qui-Gon. Until I read an article where uh, Liam Neeson was like, I'll never do television. Don't be ridiculous. I'm a film actor. And I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to be in this 100%. <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor confirmed for uh, the new Star Wars animated series, Tales of the Jedi. Uh, voiceover work. Anyway, animated series. Cool. That's for another show. Yeah. <laughs> but for our show, as it turns out, uh, Obi is now overlooking the dwelling of Owen and Baru. And a now mischievous young Luke Skywalker, played by Grant Feely. Can we yeah. call it Skywalker Ranch? Are we allowed? I think. I don't know. I, I still, I still think of it a Skywalker Ranch. I still think of it as the the Lars the homestead. Lars homestead or the Lars the, farm, the, yeah, moisture yeah. farm. But uh, while they're doing some chores, Owen turns his back and Luke darts off, and Obi spots him through those macro binoculars on one of the arches, and yep. like his father before him, you know, he's dreaming of being a pilot. And you guys had mentioned this before in the trailer breakdown. Those yeah. are the binoculars left over yeah, from his yeah. gear used yeah. during the Clone Wars. I, I firmly believe it was. Yeah. 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 So uh, after dark, he rides up into the farm silently and leaves that little T-16 Skyhopper toy by the entrance. And he pauses for a moment, you know, glancing in like, should I go in? But then he opts not to and uh, turns and rides back through the moonlit desert. But... Uh, as he's riding through the canyon, he senses that he's being watched. And I feel like, so there, there's a lot that, uh, oh, do I save this for later? Maybe. There's a line uh, of recognition in A New Hope where Luke, uh, clearly after he's been assaulted by the Sam people, wakes up and sees Ben? Ben Kenobi? Luke knows Ben. 100%. Um, are we going to get some of that relationship development in this Serious, maybe, um, perhaps. Uh, I think that we opted to go the other direction, if you will. Yep, <laughs> yeah, uh, based on what's coming up, yeah. But certainly, uh, in the comics, there's quite a few. Uh, uh, Luke, Luke finds Obi Wan's journal, yeah, uh, as an adult, and uh, there are several references to uh, instances where Obi Wan has interact in. in 
put himself in inside Luke's life to to help him. And a couple yeah, of times, yeah. without Luke knowing, and a few times, like blatantly, like saving him from Tuscan Raiders, etc. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, so Luke has a habit of getting himself into trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a theme. <laughs> it runs it's in the theme. family. <laughs> but uh, turns out he is being watched. Uh, I love the camera work in that sequence. The uh, shaky camera from behind the rocks. Yeah. yeah. Like the, uh, like the Jawas when they were, uh, you know, back in a new hope. Yeah. Oh, I love that. When they were. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I wondered if this was the same Canyon, but I guess there's no real way to tell other than, you know, it's close to the homestead. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, uh, turns out it is the Jedi who escaped the inquisitors earlier and he calls out obi-wan master yeah master but obi insists you know you're mistaken and he introduces himself as nari and he displays his lightsaber and says there's no mistaking you but obi-wan says you're looking for someone else yeah my name is ben and he's begging at this point you know for help because he's on the run he has nowhere else to go so obi dismounts he strides over and says if you want some help take that thing walk into the middle of the desert, bury it in the ground and go live a normal life, yeah, live a normal life, stay hidden. But, uh, trying to appeal to his Jedi code, Nary asks him, what about the people that need us? What about the people we lost? What about the fight? But coldly, Obi-Wan says the fight is done. We lost. And Nary, he questions, you know, what happened to you? You were once a great Jedi. But as he remounts his Yopi, Obi says the time of the Jedi is over. So again, kind of uh, mirroring that Luke thing. You know, in that moment, uh, Neri is us as the viewer. You know, or, he's he's asking the same questions that we would. What happened to you? At the same yeah, time, he's absolutely. asking the same questions Ray did of Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. That there's that uh, rhyming stanza, that cyclic there nature of Star Wars. Yeah. But uh, he instructs Neri go back to town and let it go, leaving him alone in the canyon. But Nary how, many masters, is, how many masters died protecting their Padawans like this? Uh, clearly, he's yeah. maybe his early twenties, so he has to—he had to have been, you know, anywhere from ten to a to an early teenager when when Order sixty six occurred. And, and yeah, that, I mean, he's that seems uh, to be a sort of a thing, you know. Uh, he's like another Kanan Jars, maybe. Yeah. yeah, more. I thought maybe he could be one of those young ones. Escaped than, than yep. Jedi. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. That's possible. So. But uh, Nari is played by actor-director Benny Safdie. Uh, his other work includes acting roles in Good Time and Licorice Pizza and directing the films Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler and Daddy Longlegs. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, okay. He's also got a TV series project in pre-production where he's both acting and directing, and that's called The Curse. Nice. So if you want to follow more of him, keep your eye on him. Uh, we shift gears, though. And it's a serene, futuristic city set amongst the trees in the mountains. It's Alderaan. Holy smokes. Is Alderaan ever beautiful? Yeah. In all the ways that you want it to be, that you never expected, but you look at it and it feels like, oh, yeah, this is my, you know, this is my happy place. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly what I want. It's the briefest glimpse in uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith, but yeah. But, like, makes it all the more worse that, you know. It got blown up. <laughs> but uh, blown up real good. Yeah. Uh, inside the palace, we see three handmaidens attending to a young girl. 
and they dress her in fine apparel and they finish up just as the queen arrives and queen Brea Organa is played by a New Zealand actress, Simone Kessel. Yeah. Uh, she asks, how's she doing? And they reply, she's ready. Brea remarks that uh, her sister and the whole family are on the way and they need the support. So as she goes to drag the child out of the room, she says, try not to make anyone cry. <laughs> and as can't Bre- imagine why. Well, I got some ideas here. <laughs> but as Brea leads her out of the room, she notices there's scales on her hands and quickly removes the hood. And it is not her child, but mm-hmm. an Emerusian. Now, I could not find them, but that's what the... Uh, is this another new so again there's a couple yeah i was gonna say there are a couple new elements that have come up in the in these first two episodes and this may just be one of them yeah because i like i couldn't even nail down the spelling of the species but uh, you know the child awesome that that it's her real mom's sort of trick padme used to use doubles all the time well, this is this is it there's yeah, the, the the whole handmaiden shtick right where yeah. padme i mean Even for different palette, reasons the, the, the burgundy palette is yep. uh, yeah. very yeah. similar yeah it's very much yeah and the child she says up to her you know she insisted you would find this amusing but uh she doesn't uh the search is on and we catch up with little leia first played by vivian lyra blair and she's running through the forest with her little droid in pursuit she reaches a tree, begins to climb, and finally takes a seat high up, and we get a great look at the little droid known as Lola, or L-O-L-A-59. L-O-L-A-59. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was watching TV the other night, and uh, uh, Lola was introduced in a European Volkswagen commercial recently. Really? I didn't even realize it. I'm like, oh, okay, so somebody's getting a new droid. Um, oddly enough, they were. It's a relaunch. Uh, Volkswagen's doing a new electric bus. Yeah, it was you and you and McGregor's driving the bus. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Lola's in it. Yeah, but you can't help but notice the similarities to the aliens from the film Batteries Not Included. I. You had pointed oh this out after looking at them again. It's like, yeah. You go there. back and there, there's a there's a Batteries Not Included robot uh, virtual museum, and you can go and look at the uh, the models for uh the robots and there is one of the robots uh, i swear they literally took the legs from that golden robot stuck it on to lola there you go yeah um let's just talk about um oh my gosh um vivian uh lyra blair um in a word amazing scene style wow. Uh, I cannot, I, I did she, bird box. Was that the thing that she was in? She was in, I think she was in something recently. I want to say bird yeah, box with uh, Sandra Bullock, which I did not watch. Cause I, as you guys may or may not know, I'm kind of horror averse. So I kind of stayed away from that, but mm. holy crap. Uh, as far as child actors go, this girl, uh, has a very, very, very budding career ahead yeah. of her. She yeah. is simply just outstanding in everything i think carrie fisher would absolutely love her yes oh that's that's yeah <laughs> stamp uh, of approval yeah um 10 going on 100 for sure <laughs> i want to i want to talk about a callback here get a pretty good look at her um there's a thing with young leia here uh particularly look at her hair <laughs> double uh double braids uh, that are pulled back up uh, it's very reminiscent of her look on uh, Hoth as she's going into Bespin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this jumpsuit is a callback to the Hoth jumpsuit. With the, I guess, subtraction of the outer. With the jacket, jacket taken yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah. the the creamy white yeah, jumpsuit very similar yeah yeah and then she's gonna go she's gonna have another one here later on yeah yeah, yeah. up in the tree you know she begins ship watching and she spots a medical freighter and a pleasure cruiser casino ship similar to the one we saw in the last jedi yep and finally a tri-wing which she thinks could be piloted by a quillian ranger yeah, and so, thinks mm-hmm. that they could be scouting for Mercen pirates who were so, active during the Clone Wars and the early Galactic Empire. The, There's uh, a trip. few cool things, uh, cool things going on here with yeah. that. I don't, Hank, you want to go first? Uh, just they're both references. One is a comic book, Marvel comic book reference yep. to yep. the pirates, and the other one is a Legends uh, reference to the ship. So I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to start talking about that ship first. Yeah, just man. hold on. To oh, you've second. you've got, got it. it. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, had a boy. Yeah. Uh, the pirates, though, yeah. they were encouraged by Count Dooku to harass and disrupt supply. Yes, the yeah, Republic. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were, you know, they sided with around. the separatists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that ship, you know, the Tri-Wing S91X Pegasus Starfighter, yes, or simply known as the Tri-Wing, was manufactured by the Incom Corporation. Yeah, the same guys who make the. Yeah, they make a whole array of ships throughout the galaxy, including the X-wing. Yeah. Yeah. But the real world design. Ah, okay, you got it. <laughs> That's awesome. It comes from a collaboration between Carmaker Porsche and Lucasfilm. That's incredible. Yeah. They uh, they joined up to create the Starship as part of the marketing for Rise of Skywalker. And it was stated that in a release from Porsche, the ship would be used in future Star Wars media. And here we are. It's a few years later, but it's finally made its way in. It's, it's in there now, yeah. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you, get, do you get anything on the uh, the Rangers? Uh, I kind of shied away from the Rangers. Okay, so I, I've got a little bit for you on the... Uh, the. She refers to them as the Aquilian Rangers. Now, the, the Aquilian Rangers, this is an early concept that uh, George Lucas ultimately abandoned. But later on in Legends, there's another organization, the Antarian Rangers, who essentially, uh, in, uh, in name and function essentially are the Aquilian Rangers. They're essentially allies to the Jedi and they supported the the peacekeeping effort and basically hunted bad guys, almost like privateers, really. I think the Rangers are name dropped in the original novel, actually. I would think so. Uh, uh, The Antarian Rangers, actually, uh, their first mention is in uh, the X-Wing novel series. Nice. Okay. Um, I did read one thing, though, that some of the traits of the Aquilian Rangers were incorporated into Leia's character in A New Hope. Oh, I, I could imagine that. So, um, Yeah, well, th- there's, a, there's another thing, too, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it seems like the appropriate thing. Um, at the end of part two, this is, and I'm going way ahead now, mm-hmm. um, go to these coordinates. They will help you. Mm. So there, they? <laughs> That's a huge question, and I know we're going to talk about that a whole lot, but could the Aquilian Rangers be the they that are spoken of? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mersan Pirates first introduced uh, in the Marvel run of uh, Star Wars uh, back in June. uh, Episode issue number 24, uh, June 1977. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, back on Alderaan, uh, before long, Queen Brea has caught up to her along with uh, two guards and they tell her, you know, come down from the tree and Leia, she acts all innocent. Like she's done nothing wrong. And as she descends, Brea remarks, it's like raising a Glorag. And we don't have much on this creature yet. Other than the Quarren slaver, Boren Call was skilled in riding. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we've never and seen I, them before. No, we have not. 
Uh, they make their way back to the palace and, you know, Leia's all apologetic, tells her mother that she won't do it again. And she goes in for a hug, like, you know, proper little thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Brea's expression turns to a frown and Leia was only doing it to retrieve Lola. To pull. I can feel you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, and she got this cheeky little grin on her afterwards, right? Oh, uh, uh, she's just amazing. I can't say enough good things about this kid. Yeah. But we pull back and uh, hidden in the forest is a man with circuitry in his head and he watches them. Well, again, remember when I said how wrong I was? <laughs> because that is the back of the head that I'm sure we saw in the trailer uh, later on on, yeah. on Dayu that I thought might have been our friend Echo. But, uh, I still think there's a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, based maybe. on you never the trailer, know. You never know. There was that hand, right? Yeah, it's it's hard. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, we cut back to Tatooine and we find Obi-Wan going about his routine again, taking a slice of Jakusk meat, cleaning yeah. the knife and yeah. riding back to Anchorhead. This is what, uh, the second second, second round time. of uh, going yeah. going to work? Yeah. And he gets noticeably more disheveled the more times we see this cycle repeat. Yeah. Uh, back uh, in the stall, though, with Zeopi, a satchel. This part makes Hank cry, but uh, a satchel <laughs> with a skyhopper. It lands on the ground at his feet. And it's been tossed at him by Owen Lars, played by Joel Edgerton. And Owen tells him, you know, stay away. Leave the boy alone. He's so much closer to uh, a new hope Uncle Owen here than I thought he was going to be. (laughs) Yeah. I I get the feeling that uh, he's soured over the years. Like, Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's going to come up later on in the episode, but there's some talk about, you know, uh, failures and uh, Owen is just you know will is is a willing you know participant to point out everybody else's yeah well he does here too yeah um yeah. Obi insists that you know it's just a toy but he's like no it's much more than that and when uh, Obi asks is Luke all right he snaps back you don't care you're only concerned if the boy is showing signs and uh Obi he reasserts you know Luke is my responsibility but Owen states his position that he's the uncle and he knows best. And he reminds him, you know, we talked about this when the time came, the boy yeah, was yeah. to be trained. And then insultingly, he throws it at him. Like you trained his father. Mm-hmm. It's, the it's so, it is so powerful though. Yeah. Like yeah. jab that knife in there and twist. Yeah. Like if that's not painful for Ben. Yeah. Um, uh, can we talk a little bit about, I, I'm going to go back to the, uh, the T 16 for a second here, Sure. because now that we've had it thrown at his feet and it seems broken, it not only it's okay. So again, there onion, my friends onion, yes. onion has layers, so many layers. It's just a toy. Wow. What a contrast from attachments are forbidden. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, we talk about what has happened to Ben in the 10 years that he's been in exile Clearly, his ideology has shifted, and he doesn't feel the same way yeah. about what it means to be a Jedi, what it means to be a man. Mm. Suddenly, a toy for a child who, who is of the appropriate age to be trained is okay. Yeah. It almost made me cry at that. It's just a toy. Yeah. You know, and not only did I feel bad for Ben, I felt bad for Luke. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because at the same time, you know, it does seem like Owen is trying to shield him from everything. Everything. Yeah. 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 Don't let him know that there's stuff beyond the farm. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
We got one more from Sean here. Sean says, uh, hey, did you guys know the person that came up with the drawings for movies of the spaceship passed away this week? Sean, I'm not sure who you're talking about. Do you guys know I, what, I uh, what he's referring to? Yeah, to? But I can't I, for the life of me remember his name. Yeah, that's horrible. The, We're not talking the, about Doug Chang. No, no, the, no. He was 90 years old. He designed the oh, Death Star. And oh, the oh, okay, okay. But yes, I yes. I can't recall the gentleman. I that's cannot awful. tell you his name either, but I put, think I did see a giant headline. link in the, in the yeah, show this, after. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a social post media about, post on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because we suck. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, he plainly tells Ben, leave the boy on the farm with his family. And yeah, where he belongs. Yeah. Oh, and he turns to leave. And down the street, we hear that the Inquisitors are approaching. And Obi-Wan, he takes cover. Uh, yeah, in the back of the stable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out on the street, though, the fifth brother and the third sister make their way through the crowd. And again, they present different methods. The fifth brother, he states, rewards will be given for information. Well, the third sister immediately threatens punishment. Hands go first. It's interesting to see the different uh, methodologies uh, between the Inquisitors. Yeah. And we're going to see a lot more of that. But like the 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 notion that there is an established chain of command within the uh, Inquisitorius. Yeah. I find that to be very fascinating, giving the, uh, the, the number ranking. Well, not only the number, but the interpersonal uh, relationships and the interactions between them. Yeah, it speaks to the fact that the, the numbers may just be assigned by the order that you get. Them. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's been several third sisters, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, one of the locals shoots off and states, you have no authority in the outer rim. And Reva, without missing a beat, slices off her hand. So, you know, it's not Star Wars unless somebody loses a hand, right? What's <laughs> Isn't that, an, again, another uh, sharp contrast to the outer rim being this, uh, you lawless, know, this lawless uh, wild west, as it were? Apparently not when the Inquisitors are in town. Yeah. <laughs> then you line up. But uh, Owen, he steals a glance at Reva and she confronts him. She asks, you know, do you know where the Jedi is? And he states his disgust with the Jedi, referring to them as vermin. And vermin are killed on his farm. And then she, like, agrees. But at the same time, she, like, challenges. He says, do you think you can protect them from me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't flinch. But uh, she backs off. And then she threatens to kill Owen and the entire family if the people don't turn over the Jedi. And the fifth brother, he kind of looks on with disapproval. And uh, Reva, she lights up her blade and holds it to him telling the people that the Jedi aren't worth their protection. They wouldn't do the same for you. And the, finally the fifth brother, he yells enough slams down the bounty puck with the image of Nari on it. Yep. And restates that rewards will be given for information. Uh, the Orabesha on the puck though, is pretty simple this week. It's uh, Naria or yep. Nari, his name and yep. a reward of 100,000 credits. I find that the whole notion is interesting because this is something that comes up again later on uh, in this episode as well is uh, money used to motivate uh, people. And we talk about the, the propaganda machine that came up a lot in the Bad Batch, how quickly people were to turn and to like forget. Yeah, what um, just happened when there's money involved and you got to put food on the table. Well, that's a pretty good motivator. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
Yeah. Also, fear of being like you know cut in half by a random person with a red lightsaber. Yeah, I like I like my hands. I like to keep them. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the Inquisitors they move to leave, and Owen breathes a sigh of relief. And in an alley, the fifth brother he's like furious and pacing. And once Reva walks in, he slams her against the wall and tells her she's too impulsive. Right. But then she states her case that they shouldn't even be on this planet. It's beneath them. And he notes, you're still after Kenobi. The Grand Inquisitor was right. But Kenobi's gone. Sorry. No, no, I'm interrupting you. The the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor at the beginning says, uh, you're reckless. And then he says, impulsive. And these are things we've heard Jedi Masters tell Padawans. Yep. Yeah. You know, so there's the... the, um, the reckless youth is an issue for both sides, I guess. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the fifth brother goes on and says, you know, we've been chasing him for 10 years. So, so, so again, there we go. I mean, I guess that sort of in a, in a, in a way, not way, they've been around for 10 years. So like the Inquisitorious sprung up almost immediately if not possibly before because what she says in the second episode she knows yeah Yeah. and maybe he was you know kind of pulling a few strings yeah maybe maybe the full transition to vader i guess so sure sure you know when he asks her what do you expect to gain ever if you should ever catch him and she says what i'm owed what do you think? So there—that's so, a huge that's line. A big question. What is she owed? If we're if we're predicate if we're going to base this on the notion that Riva is the Padawan youngling at the beginning, what does she think she's owed at this point? Yeah, because yeah. like literally the only one who wants Kenobi is Vader, right? So what can she? Yeah, yeah. What can she barter from him with that particular chip? I spent some time thinking about this. In the sense that, like, you know, at her age, she was sort of the oldest kid. Now, I'm assuming, I'm just assuming that, that in fact, that she is that girl. Yeah. She was the oldest of the bunch. She was probably a leader. Uh, and maybe those other kids, maybe they all didn't make it. And maybe she's got, you know, some resentment uh, knowing, especially that Obi-Wan was the one. It's Obi-Wan's face on that hollow in the temple stay away our jedi order is is over yeah is there some resentment there for not Maybe. for not doing more for not coming back for them it's possible is that what she feels like she's owed like an explanation or maybe you left me to hang and now i'm gonna get you for it yeah Maybe. i think it's revenge for failing to save her. yeah 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 great that's exactly what i was thinking yeah i think i think so and uh Vader's got a way of taking that and twisting it to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he learned from the master manipulator. True, true, true. But the fifth brother, you know, he offers a warning that Reva goes too far. And she retorts, maybe you guys don't go far enough. Yeah. And back on the street, we see Obi-Wan moves out and thanks Owen. And in the distance, we see the ship take off. Yep. And Owen states outright, I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for you. And he leaves. Yeah. Then we shift gears again and we're back on Alderaan and there's a shuttle approaching and it flies past the many towers and comes to land on a platform where Senator Bail Organa, played by Jimmy Smits, is waiting. And just as it lands, Leia and Brea both arrive. Oh, yeah. The whole you're going to have to change in the car bit. Yeah. You're going to have to change in the speeder. (laughs) 
But uh, the ramp lowers and Brea's sister, Duchess Selly Organa and Duke Kao Organa depart from the ship with their family in tow. And Leia says a polite hello to her cousin, Niano, but he only nods in return and looks away. Next up, uh, we follow the procession of speeders back to the palace. And Leia, she's, you know, doing that thing, like they said, waving to the onlookers. She is. Because that came up earlier. They said, you know, I, I just wave. And they're like, we'll do more than wave. Do more than wave, yeah. But So she smiles and waves? Yeah. You can hear the crowd yelling, princess, princess. Yeah, so right. already yeah. you know that, like, yeah. people are in for her. She's, she's adored. Yeah. yeah. But uh, once inside the palace, we all see all sorts of dignitaries. They're conversing, making pleasantries. And we get a good sense of the Duke's character as he's more concerned with getting his pockets lined by the well, Empire. There, there it is. And eating Bale's food. He says, nice to see that the Empire's finally lining certain pockets yeah. or, or some pockets, I think, is the line. Yeah. There's even a legacy line here. I didn't come to free the slaves. Ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because Bale goes back to there's still things to discuss. Yeah, slavery, uh, and, slavery taxation and taxation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. The Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, save your bleeding heart for the Senate. Right. Maybe we will get that political movie. We've been watching that political thriller. (laughs) At least a half moment of it. But uh, as we pan around the room, we find that none other than C-3PO, portrayed again by Anthony Daniels, is acting as a translator between two alien parties. And a new droid, a Y-O. Y-O, another another, uh, protocol droid. Yeah, is bringing hors d'oeuvres to Leia at the kids' table which it certainly seems like, but uh, she thanks the droid for it. And Niano, he balks at the idea of thanking a droid. Yeah. And she says, it's just good manners. And he says, you don't need good manners when you're talking to a lower life form. And she fires right back. Then I guess I don't need good manners when I'm talking to you. Yeah. yeah. She's on point again. Just yes. Yeah. So if, if the white uh, overalls were her uh, Hoth jumpsuit, this little dress is her uh, Bespin dress. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. Right down to the little the little shoes. Yeah, yeah. There's more of that action in the second episode. Yes, too. there is. Oh, yeah. I, you can't. You better believe I picked up on that. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, insulted, you know, Niano. He takes to telling Leia that I know things, and you're not a real Organa. But she flips it pretty quick, using perception well beyond her years, and shutting him down in the process. Uh, later on, we can see that Niano has run off and told his parents because she's in her bedroom with Brea and Bale. And they're telling her, you know, you yeah, got something about uh, he was being awful. Yeah, he was being awful to yeah. everyone and he was rude to the droids. But they say, you know, you got to apologize. And Leia, she states, I'd rather be digested by a jacko beast. Yeah. Oh, boy. So uh, jacko beasts originally uh, introduced in the current canon in the 2018 Star Wars role playing source book, Dawn of the Rebellion, nice. published by Fantasy Flight Games. Yep. The fur of the animal did make an appearance in The Rise of Skywalker, but oh, no, yeah, yeah. I no, read no that. full beast. Originally, though, these were introduced first in the 2002 Power of the Jedi source book. Yeah. So they've been around for a hot minute. What's funny is when you when you see that photo and that's that is uh, the photo right out of the uh, of that book. Yeah. You see what looks like a giant, uh, uh, a saber tooth uh, tiger. You don't think herd animal no but it is a herd animal um and these animals uh, at least in the old legends are force sensitive Hmm. in fact uh their horns uh can uh, use a a a variation of the force push 
Hmm. Uh, basically, what happens is the when the th- herd is threatened, all the males will circle the herd uh, facing out, and they will use the force to push away whatever the uh, the attacker is. So, kind of a cool creature. Hmm. Back in Leia's room, flustered, Brea leaves, and Leia she stares out the balcony. But Bale approaches her for a heart to heart and tells her some of his childhood plans. And she questions, you know, what happened? Yeah. He says, you know, I grew up and I began chasing your mother. And then she echoes what Niano said, that she's not a real Organa. Yeah. But he shuts her right down. He says, don't you ever say that. You're an Organa in every way possible. And after agreeing that she should still go apologize. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'm going to go wait for you downstairs. But she's got a twinkle in her eye and, you know. We see in a second, she runs off into the forest again. He says something to, he points out to like the mountain range and he, he's like, I wanted to, uh, wanted to live out move there, out yeah. Pat Kothu or whatever he calls it. And then he, then did you pay he attention to what Purgle. he says? And I, I want to chase Purgle space whales. Miss that one. Yeah. I wanted to chase yeah. space whales. So, uh, <laughs> can we talk a bit about Purgle just real quick then? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Since yeah. he named drops that I was going to talk about it earlier when we thought that creature might've been one. Was a Purgle. The, yeah. This, these are the creatures, um, that, inspired hyperspace travel they okay. they can travel through hyperspace innately naturally yeah yeah um, through some sort of biological mechanism and uh, of course they're the uh, the last time we see Ezra uh, a purgle has thrown wrapped up attached to the front of his star destroyer when they yep. actually jump through hyperspace and his reference to chasing purgles it might be like colloquial it might be the idea that I wanted to explore the galaxy. Yeah, I wanted to be out there. You know, that's sort of like uh, Hera. Hera's spacefarers hate them, but young, impressionable, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker esque uh, head in the clouds. Exactly. Would, yeah. Would dream of chasing Purgle because literally, that's that's jumping through hyperspace. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. I li- I like that analogy. I I think it's really cool. Yeah. To downstairs in the palace, uh, Bale informs Brea that Leia has run off again, and they dispatch some guards to go find her. And Leia, she doesn't get too far down the path before she encounters the man with the circuitry in the back of his head. Yep. Uh, his name is Vect Norku or Nakru. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I struggle with it too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's played by the bassist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea. Flea. Yeah. Flea. <laughs> Flea, who, by the way, is already an accomplished actor. So, I mean, if this is your first time seeing Flea uh, on film. It's not. It's, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't How's it be. hanging, McFly? Well, that's what I mean. Like, uh, all the way back to Back to the Future. And yeah. it's been a bunch of other things. Yeah. All of the Chili Peppers were in Point Break, actually. <laughs> but uh, he tells Leia that he's been waiting for her. And then real quick, two others approach from behind. And she's surrounded but she quickly darts off into the forest. Uh, it's clear Leia knows her way around this place because she's able to evade capture, ducking under branches and overfelled logs. Uh, she slips through the grip of both the male mercenary played yep. by Aviel A. Young and the green-skinned female mercenary played by Amy Sturdvant. Man, we struggle with some of these names. <laughs> but uh, before long, you know, she spots a guard and cries out help. But Vec guns him down, and this gives them the opportunity to close in and capture Leia. Uh, they put her bag over her head, and she goes black. Just a uh, side note about that. Um, did we know that was it? I'm assuming this was a conscious thing, but 
Um, notice that the uh, uniforms of the Alderaan security forces are the exact same color palette as the New Republic. Yes. I did not take that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it has to be some sort of like nod to like the sacrifice of Alderaan. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I think is super cool. Yeah, that would make total sense. Which, by the way, now now that we're talking about this, does this fly in the face? Because now I have some questions. Does this fly in the face of Leia? No, Alderaan is a peaceful planet. We have no weapons. Was she lying to save uh, her planet, or is it, are we talking like the Alderanian army really is just a a, a glorified uh, police force? I'd have to rewatch or look closely at that slide, but I don't think that trooper has a sidearm. Uh, could be like British cops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I think the army is her idealism. Maybe. And we, I mean, and she, I, I don't want to get into it because it's in the second episode, but yeah, yeah like when she invokes an army, uh, <laughs> it's, it's more of like a child's like, he'll bring an army. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't, I don't think that she's necessarily, you know, um, she might be bending the truth because let's right. face it, she is a politician that, and well, yeah, in that yeah, moment yeah. she needs to save the planet, right? That's true. So anything to try. Right? Well, that's what I thought too. I mean, keep in mind, Luke and Leia are the same age. So, I mean, she's what, 16 years old, uh, in a new hope somewhere between what, 16 and 18. Yeah. Right. I mean, somewhere, yeah. you would, you would probably say anything, uh, at that point, if you knew that your mother, your father, Everybody you knew, everybody you loved is about to be snuffed out in an instant. Yeah. I know I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Struggled with uh, with this for a while because I could not, for the life of me, identify. I feel like we've seen this guy's species before, the gentleman with the uh, the horn head. Yeah. The male mercenary. We've seen similar in The Mandalorian, but his yeah, horn yeah, configuration yeah. was like kind of everywhere. Are we talking to the guy from the Zabra. wanted posters? Uh, well, th- yeah, Zabrak was, a, I'm like, is this a Zabrak who's paired right. off a bunch of his horns? But it doesn't look like that. No. I'm like, is this a, a one, a, a, a Klaatuinian? Like, a, but his features are not dog enough. No. no. But I'm, I am 99% certain that that woman is a Faline. Oh, 100%. I mean, <laughs> and that's super cool. First live super action appearance cool. of, uh, of uh, Faline. Uh, I mean, if you don't know about the Faleen, obviously the uh, from going back to like Rebels and in Clone Wars and Legends before that, Prince uh, Shizor, yeah, Prince Shizor and the uh, the Black Sun Crime Syndicate were uh, run by the Faleen, uh, biologically, uh, f- biologically speaking, the Faleen uh, have a, a, a basically uh, exude uh, chemical pheromones that make them more attractive to other sapient species in fact in the in the novel uh shadows of the empire prince shizor tries to woo leia with his uh pheromones hmm. and she kind of almost goes for it yeah <laughs> you, know, you know too many captain kirks out there they'd be down for it anyway. well you know <laughs> the whole uh kirk and green women yes <laughs> sean throws us another comment here i couldn't believe flea was in the show yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, caught I mean, me off guard when I saw him, I'm like, is that flea? Yeah, it is. It's interesting when high profile productions are able to maintain like those little mystery roles. Yeah, yeah. And then it comes out and it's like that, aha. <laughs> it was a pretty cool reveal. Yeah. 
uh, back on Tatooine, Obi-Wan, he hears a beeping coming from a long forgotten box of possessions. Yep. And he opens it up and opens up another lockbox inside. And there he finds an old hollow communicator. Yep. And it's Bale and Brea calling him for help. And again, another one of those parallels. This is right up there with the help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're yeah. my only hope. Yeah, yeah. Definite uh, Clone War era um, um, hollow projector there. Yeah. It's uh, essentially the, the same one that they all had. They all carried it. Yeah. I think it was introduced in The Phantom Menace. But, uh, you know, they're pleading with him that he's the only one who knows how important she is. Anybody else is going to draw too much attention to this. Yeah. And at this point, we can see it in his eyes. He is very much haunted and broken. And he tells them, it's been 10 years. I'm not who I used to be. So this is, yeah, this is the first time that he's, he's acknowledged uh, out loud on the surface. Yeah. That he's acknowledged out loud to us as the viewers. I am not the man I was. Yeah. And as much as you, as much as you're watching it and you're aware of that, I mean, to me, as soon as he says it, it's a punch in the face. Like, Oh yeah. 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 Okay. All those other pieces we already saw is like, yeah, Yeah. they just fell right into place. But, uh, you know, he tells them, find somebody else. She'll be better off for it. And yeah. Well, so there you go. Uh, shadow of, of his former self. Yeah. Who else is, who else is there? Yeah. Find somebody else. Who, Ben? Who? Well, you know, it says send the army, send a bounty hunter. Yeah. 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 Maybe a clone. <laughs> maybe a clone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a clone force. 99. Maybe. <laughs> if you can find them. Yeah, maybe you can hire <laughs> the bad batch, the B team. <laughs> but uh, we switch up again, and we're back in space, and we catch up with the kidnappers. And they've taken Leia on. They secure her to a chair and lock her in a room. Things do not look good for her right now. No, no, they do not. And I couldn't figure out what type of ship they were particularly rocking, but. No, me neither, but it's a, it it's looks like a cool design. I hope we get to see the 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 model for that mm-hmm. uh, a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Uh I will say this, <laughs> that chair that she's strapped to, that's going to come back later on. Think so? I I know so. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same chair that she's sitting on in part 2. Okay. I would hazard to say that the cell that she is sitting in is the same set used in part 2 that for the cell that she's kept prisoner in. Okay. Oh, by the way, she's kept prisoner. Part two. <laughs> we'll get there soon. You guys have already seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There's a part two. <laughs> yeah. Just the same as that hallway. I mean, that's a redressed. That's a redressing of the set for the uh, the back of the the drug lab. Mm. Like that's the same sliding door. But I just I see more and more. The more of uh, Star Wars TV that I watch, the more I'm seeing this stuff, and the more I'm like, oh, what a clever way to do that. Yeah save money yeah absolutely recycle uh we switch again though and we're back on tatooine and again ben is going about his routine but we can see now more so now that he is troubled by everything that's happened so this is our third uh third round trip from work yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, on the ride back to anchorhead you know you can see the wheels are turning yeah and in yeah. town the locals they're staring up at a hanging corpse from an archway and Obi-Wan, he arrives in the street and we find out that it is Nari. So uh I gotta say, the trailer made me made this moment out to be way more sinister than what it actually is. Because the way that he's strung up, like come on, we had heads on a pike yeah. in the Mandalorian, and I thought 
they literally hung a dude, you know, like at high noon. And it's like, oh, no, he's strung up around the chest and under his arms. And I'm like, oh, and he seems to be intact. Yeah. Like with, yeah, yeah. you know, Blade Happy Reva running around there. Well, I mean, there is this, like, predilection for dark side users and True. and crushing things. and Especially with yeah. the amount of force the Grand Inquisitor was. Well, exhibiting. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Obi-Wan, he lowers his head and just kind of shies away. And we catch up with him on the way back to the cave. Yeah. And the little sensor pops up and it shows red. So someone has been in or is still inside the cave. And then he walks inside. Yeah, he still and, goes in anyway, just cautiously. Yep, yeah. Well, so, I still got to go home. It's there, my house. Yeah, there's the hints of it. I got to go in. Well, but, not uh, the lightsaber colors, too. The meanings of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue, Blue good, good. Red, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dude there in a big flowing robe. Anybody else go, holy shit, another Jedi? I did go, holy shit, yeah, another yeah, Jedi yeah. for a split second. Yeah. yeah. Cloaked figure standing in the cave there, and he pulls back his hood and reveals that it is Bale. Uh, he's come to petition Ben for help in person, and they now have a clue that they were able to trace the ship's signal, and it's on its way to Dayu. Dayu. But Obi insists that Bale should not have come. And when he restates that, you know, he's not the guy he used to be, Bale just fires at him, you have to be. You couldn't save Anakin, but you can save Leia. Oh, another shot. And this this is telling on Obi's part. He says, but what if I can't? So his confidence in himself is completely shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bale says, you know, I've got all the confidence. You're the only one I would trust with my child. The uh, the notion of losing, this this is more than just losing a student, because that would be traumatic enough. Yeah. The thought of losing uh, a soldier, you know, uh, uh, soldiers in positions of leadership, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It affects you. But, like, this is more than that. Yeah. Anakin Skywalker, as Obi-Wan says, you were my brother. Yeah. He's the, you know, not student, uh, soldier, brother, like, of course it's affected him. Of course he's not the same guy that he was. Yeah. And, the, and there's another, like, a layer. And we all understand uh, that he didn't. But as far as Obi-Wan knows, yeah. he killed that man. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Anakin Skywalker is dead. Well, Bale even yeah. says, you know, he's dead. Put it in the past and yeah. move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ends with, do it for her, my old friend. One Actually, last fight. What I do find interesting in this is that is that Bale is, and we saw maybe a little bit of this in, uh, in Rogue One. He's a pragmatist. And he's fully aware of his own faults. And yet he's still doing the job because he is still the senator for Alderaan. Yeah. Yeah. Put it and behind you. Sort of political sort of speak to try to yeah. lure Obi-Wan. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But at the mention of that line, the one last fight, yeah. you can tell in this moment that part of that Jedi may have just been jarred back into where it should be. Well, you got to... You got to wonder, like, what are the moments that do that for him? Because definitely there, there's a couple points in, in part two where you kind of like go, there is, there is still a glimmer, a glimpse of the man that was. Yeah. Is this one of those times? I think this is one of those pieces getting put back in place. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we switch again. <laughs> we switch a lot in the last little bit of the episode here. And the kidnapper ship, it approaches Dayu. And we find that Leia still has Lola in her pocket. Yes. And she brings the little droid back online and asks if Lola can cut a rope. 
And like all good droids, she busts out a little buzzsaw and proceeds to cut. But just then the door opens and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Vec appears and he just grabs Lola and smashes her on the floor. Defiantly, Leia says, I'm not scared of you. But Flea says, give it time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then she cries, you know, my father will rescue me. He'll send a whole army after you. <laughs> there it is. Army. Vec, <laughs> uh, he doubts it and leaves Leia alone in the dark cell with the broken droid. For the record, uh, I think Lola's going to get repaired. I would hope so. I think she's she. Lola, I think Lola's a she. It's a female name. Uh, yeah. I identify this droid as female, so that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I think Lola's coming back. I hope Lola's coming back. She's cute, like a little, uh, yeah. uh, like a like a ladybug droid. Well, they call her like a pet almost. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't want to lose your pet. No, exactly. So. There's a certain amount of Disney stuff going on here too at the same time, right? Uh yeah. There's a one to one scale Lola coming out, electronic Lola. Oh, geez. Does it hover? Yeah, I don't know if it hovers or not, but it definitely cool. is a, a kid's role play item. Yeah. Nice. Back again on Tatooine, we find uh, Obi Wan. He's riding through the desert on his Eopi. Yep. And he stops to survey the land before dismounting, walks a few paces, and he busts out a portable shovel and assembles it and begins to dig. Yep. And that's kind of a throwback to what he told. Yeah, yeah. Go out to the middle of the desert and bury it. it. Yeah. Forget about it. Again, now, so uh, in another inverse scene of uh, him juxtaposed against Ray. Yeah. She buries the. the she buries at the for end. two of reverence. them. Right. Both. Yeah. Well, he's so does he, but and he's now he's digging up right. two of them. Right. Yeah. And hers, hers is about reverence and sort of tradition and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. putting away the past. And a, this, it's a, like and, a final resting. Yeah, this is yeah. so deep, actually, the way he's uncovering the past and the way Oh my god, yeah. Man, yeah, they do a good job there. So we switch again and back aboard the kidnapper ship. Uh, the male mercenary, he thinks it's a bad idea to be stealing kids and questions if it'll even work. But Vec tells him, you know, we just need to get it over with. And he fires up the hollow projector. And we don't get to see who it is yet because we cut back to Tatooine. And Obi-Wan has hit pay dirt. He unearths a wooden box and dusts it off, opens it up and reveals both his and Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah, it's a cool moment, too. I had this, like, moment of, like, Maz Kanata's castle. That's mm-hmm. a tale for another time. Yeah, right, <laughs> I'm like, right. are we going to get to that eventually? <laughs> And it's, I don't know, I may be reading too much into it, but Anakin's lightsaber is on top, suggesting that he sort of put his in, and yep. it took him up a minute to, like, to put know, the other one you down. You sort of see oh, him yeah. sitting there with Anakin's lightsaber before yeah. Yeah, putting yeah. it on top. Yeah. Subtle, but big. Still there. We cut back again to the kidnappers, and this time we find out that the mastermind behind the whole kidnapping is the third sister, Reva. And she's on the hollow phone and she relays that she knows the connection between Bale and Obi-Wan insisting he will show. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got her plan in motion, which will uh, take place more in part two. <laughs> but uh, We shift gears again. We're back on Tatooine and Obi-Wan, he's making his way towards the spaceport in Mos Eisley. And he pulls out a translucent token and eyes it up for a minute. Yeah. And the gate attendant, looks up and says, are you coming or not? He pauses again for a moment before walking forward, offering the attendant the token. And then he pulls back his robe, and we see that the lightsaber is there at the ready. Yeah. He passes through the gate, walks toward the ship, and we cut to black. What I like about 
what I like about that scene is, you know, uh, up until then we've seen Ben with a poncho on, we see him at work with his apron on and he's just Ben, the man living exactly. his life. Exactly. And in this Closer. last moment, as he's about to embark on one last fight, yeah. it's not a Jedi robe, but it's close. but it is a robe mm-hmm. and it evokes that yeah. the Jedi is back. I mean, he's open carrying his lightsaber openly. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I know that's, that's for us, the audience, but yeah. yeah I mean, in the wrong state. Is that thing licensed? That can get you in trouble in the wrong state. It's just um, a flashlight. Yeah, exactly. And not uh, not lost on me that he's now looking exactly like the uh, the uh, pre-order uh, Black Series the act- figure. The action figure. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Okay, so part one of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi... Um, now that we've, we've gone through the, the plot and I know we've, t- we've talked about most of the, the stuff, uh, as it came up, what do we think? Really liked it. It felt like home. Yeah, man. Um, uh, like I had said to you in the chat, uh, I, the first time through, it was so emotional and so well acted and so well written. I yeah. barely noticed the Easter eggs. I, I'm a I'm the Easter egg guy, so I'm I'm jumping yeah. out of my seats for Gundarks. I'm <laughs> leaping out of my <laughs> pants for different types of ships we've never seen before. Right. None of that had any effect on me because I was so deeply invested in in the character's trauma. Man, and, yeah, and how I, well it was done. That I I feel go, exactly wow. the same way. Like wow, actually. Yeah, there was just so much going on emotionally, and I mean. There, you know, arguably you could say for the same reasons that I think a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, kind of hated on Boba Fett, the amount of exposition, but in this one, it was just like natural. Yeah. There was, it didn't, nothing felt forced. Everything no, no. just was like, okay, this is what it needs to be. No, especially the comedy. Yeah. 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 No, they smashed this one out of the park. If there was any any of the uh, reported delays on it, and blah, 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 if any of them were to sharpen it to this level, then uh, kudos. Yeah. You know, not... it's funny you bring that up because I forgot that there was actually a, a delay on that. Yeah. Yeah, to go back and rework things. And I think that the, the, the perception was, uh-oh, it's in trouble. No. No. Yeah. No. No, no way. No. I had heard that I had originally heard that it was so dark that they had to like tone it back. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. We got one more from Sean here. Sean says, when I saw the box with the sabers in it, it uh, looked like the box in episode seven with Luke's lightsaber. That's exactly yeah. what I was saying, Sean. I was looking at his castle. I'll yeah. have to check my action figure against that. <laughs> I have that case somewhere. Well, she does say it's for a story for another time. She does. Time. It's Maybe a tale for another too. time. <sighs> Need the right box to store the right lightsaber. Okay, this was a huge week for Star Wars. It we got was. Star Wars Celebration uh, uh, going on. Does it wow. today? So many things happening. Uh, so many more announcements for uh, for uh, TV uh, projects. 
Um, lots of merchandising got, got kind of talked about over this weekend. I, I think the big you're awake at seven thirty your time when I hit you with the SO. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're awake. I was already coming around to the thought of we'd we'd had such a bad internet connection yesterday that I was actually fearful that we would not have a show for tonight because of the Andy and I are on the same service provider. Uh, and I knew that if I was having trouble, so is he. And it's like I'm gonna write while I can while I can. Um, which is probably what I'm going to do when we wrap up tonight. I'm going to go back and write some more. So I'm not uh, taking all day tomorrow to wrap up my notes, but um, lots of stuff coming out here. As I said earlier, uh, Tales of the Jedi, an animated series that is going to tell short stories, uh, short form stories. That sounds pretty good. I've already we got seen Stills of Dooku. Have you seen those? The Stills no, of I have Dooku not. Yeah, check that I out. haven't Google. seen much. I did see some of the imagery from the uh, the Ahsoka Sizzler reel there, which looks very, very interesting, oh, especially baby. that that tease at the end uh, where they go back to the painting of uh, the Rebels crew, uh, mm-hmm. essentially telling us that uh, Ezra Bridger, yeah. that like we know we're going to get the conclusion to, we think we know we're going to get the conclusion to that story. Right. Uh, Rebels season more, five, live yeah, action. Yeah, yeah, more, <laughs> exactly. More details on uh, on Andor, uh, where Andor apparently is a, a, a initially is is shown to be a separatist sympathizer before he comes over to the other side. Hmm. Uh, and what else? Um, uh, skeleton crew or skeleton skeleton crew? crew. We don't we don't Too know anything long. about it. Uh, essentially, I think skeleton crew. I mean, if the name tells us anything, uh, the minimum number of people required to pilot or to operate a starship. So that Crazy. could be an interesting thing. Maybe uh, maybe a, a firefly kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe a pirate kind of thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God, there's just so a much news. season three uh, Sizzler uh, yeah. as well. That had some, uh, among other things, it had Bo-Katan on a throne. Oh, yes, up. yes, yes. And uh, one line from her was great because she, there's like some blaster fire and she looks down and it's Grogu looking up at her and she goes, what, you thought your dad was the only Mandalorian? The only Mandalorian, that, right. So she, like a few things there. She refers to him as his dad. And yeah. And just the way, I man, I can't wait. I said it before when we yep, were at the yep. beginning of this, season yep. one of The Mandalorian. Yep. But we are in the Star Wars golden age right now. Oh, we absolutely are. It is so, it is such a great place to be right now. Um, and or on the 31st of August. Yeah. Oh. Um, wh- uh, do we have dates for Ahsoka yet? Uh, first, uh, first, yeah, first quarter 2023. We've got season three of the Bad Batch coming up probably before the end of the year. Uh, it could in fact be the, the on the back end of uh, uh, Andor. Well, it comes out in August, so that'll take us, if it's a if it's a five to seven or eight episode series, that's going to take us yeah. into. Uh, I think uh, I saw something to the effect that Andor is a twelve episode one. Twelve. Oh dear lord, that's going to be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are going to be Star Wars heavy for uh, the rest. Uh, it, it appears we are anyway for the rest of uh, 2022. We are not a Star Wars show. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, okay. if you wake up, if you wake up one day and you see all of our social media accounts have been rebranded, <laughs> then you know we've drank the Kool Aid. We might have to go like, oh, we already drank the Kool Aid. You know or not Star Wars stuff. I mean, hey, there's other stuff in the ether for fans too. This the She-Hulk stuff yeah. looks great. Did you see that they re-released the trailer with all new CGI effects on her face? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
so there Stranger are things, things season four just dropped oh, yes. i've been watching that boys and wow actually uh, haven't seen it yet I wow. got to see Maverick this week. Ooh, there How you go. That? Finally. Spoiler for your review. How was that? Uh, okay. I said it on my social media, my personal social media. I'll say it now uh, uh, to the channel. Top Gun Maverick is the Force Awakens of the Top Gun <laughs> franchise. Oh, wow. It is played for both good and sometimes bad. Yeah. Um, the sequence involving Iceman is handled very very well and to see Iceman and maverick together again is so rewarding that's pretty cool um and i will say this miles teller practically channels anthony edwards in the third act and top gun maverick gets seven great balls of fire out of ten that's awesome uh willow willow trailer last thing yes the willow trailer whoa Lauren wept. <laughs> the 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 world needs you again. They oh, need your magic. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. I read today actually, uh, Mad Mardigan it will be uh, some, addressed. Some uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited yeah. about that. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, apparently this year's Star Wars celebration was more uh, Lucasfilm celebration. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> First images for Indy. Indy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presented by Harrison Ford himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think before we get going, I'm going to close out here on a on a merchandising note. Um, Hasbro Pulse uh, had a had a page go up and quickly get, went down again. Uh-oh. Hasbro Pulse is doing a par- apparently uh, put up a page for what they are calling the Hasbro Selfie Series, oh. where they showed off many figures in their six inch lines from Ghostbusters to Star Wars to Power Rangers to Marvel Legends, and the deal is you can have a 3D modeling of your head. Oh, an action figure, bro. I'm in. I'm totally uh, in. I'm in. I need an. I need an X-wing pilot. Oh man. Possibly a Jedi. Oh man. I need, yeah. I need. Yeah. I can't. I want one of me on every body. On everything. <laughs> Bring me 500 heads. You can be Spider-Man now. Ah, uh, in real life, perfect. Sean's in too. He Sean says, "Yeah, I'm yes. in." <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Yep. All right, guys. Um, this has been part one of our little show here, The High Ground. Man, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's been my most anticipated Star Wars live action project uh, since uh, Rogue One, uh, since it was announced, God knows when, oh, years man. ago. It's been well, years, man. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a very busy week, uh, both personally and professionally, uh, to get the show together, to deal with some life stuff. We are not going to leave you hanging. I said we will never be first, but we will always be what you've come to expect from Fandom Power. And I invite everybody who's watching now to come back and see us tomorrow night. Uh, It's Monday, May 30th. We're going to be back at the same time, 6 p.m. Again, as I said, I'll be back in the hot seat, and we will cover part part two two tomorrow night. So that's it for me, guys. Yeah, for for Fandom Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production.